Yeah. I would agree that uh, Young Marta Cobra Don't get much better than that I would agree uh, Friday 13th 2 is The uh, best one of those Definitely Yeah um, What's the one I think it was 4 Or, or perhaps 5 they, they decided to do one Every single year Yeah they did It's making them money Why wouldn't they And, they were, and it's in a minimal layout uh, It had to be Cheap They had to be yes. doing them For less than a million bucks Right Um I think probably the most expensive one was the one that had uh, Feldman, Corey Feldman in it. That's four. Four? Yeah. yeah. But the very next year they do one, and that particular character is like 23. Well, they fuck for the timeline all the time. You know that Halloween, <laughs> that Friday the 13th Part 2 takes place five years after the first one. Yeah. And it's, so technically, it's in 1985. And boy, did Jason hit a growth spurt. <laughs> See how huge he was? He was, he like, was all lumpy and misshapen. But he had a giant growth spurt. He's now a gargantuan... Super he was beast. actually not that big of a dude. If you see the guy that played uh, him, he's actually not that big of a guy. There's one thing that I thought they did wrong with the uh, the zombie uh, Michael Myers. He's six foot eleven. Like this is so huge. Well, the the fucking Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie movies is fucking enormous. Yeah, six eleven. Like I think Tyler Maine plays him. Yeah, I mean <laughs> pro, pro you don't wrestler. get yeah you don't bigger that that motherfucker was saber tooth. He's so, big and athletic, and he's yeah. he is terrifying. That's yeah, definitely real. He's like Sid Vicious. Somebody yeah. should have cast Sid Vicious. Oh, Sid Vicious is Michael Myers. Idea. Fucking imagine that like bedraggled, lank hair in his face, and it's just you know that big fucked up he jaw. He would have uh, insisted on talking. Though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Michael Myers doesn't talk. Though. I'm sorry, Sid. Shut up. Who's gonna make me? Nobody. I you're, guess you're gonna tell me Myers wouldn't cut a promo on this bitch right here. All the people in the studio are scared of him. I guess we're gonna have one. <laughs> I guess talk. I guess he gets to talk. I don't know. Michael Myers is a fucking. He's verbose now. He's very verbose. What kind of devil's fucking bargain have you made with this fucking guy? I mean, he's, you're the director. He should, he should do what you say, but he, you tell him. Somebody get Arn Anderson in here so we can control him. Somebody Make sure he has a pair of scissors. <laughs> That's a deep cut. It is. A lot of people don't know about that story that may or may not be true that I'm pretty I'm sure, pretty sure it's true. true. Arn Anderson did not know how to defend himself against Sid Vicious. Well, how would you know? So he stabbed and Orrin Anderson probably wasn't even scared. No, he's probably like, well, the, probably the best way to take Let me tell you something, son. He points at him. He looks 45 when he's he, 30. He holds his TV title up. <laughs> Tully Blanchard's hanging out for some reason. Somebody did a Twitter thing the other day. They put a picture of the old NWA silver and red TV title. We all know what it looks like. Yeah. And said, who do you think of when you see this belt? Tully Blanchard. Everybody. everybody on Anderson, Tully Blanchard. On Anderson, because yeah. they would just trade. It was always Tully. One would lose it, and then they would. The other did they wrestle each other to get it? Nah, no, I don't think they did. If they did, it was uh, one of would throw the match. Out they were the brainbusters. Yeah, well, in the fucking worst, the worst. That's what they changed them to in the, the WWF. WWF yeah. Yes, they were just the four horsemen in. Well, yeah, in the, the NWA. Are you are you trying to tell me I about wrestling you know, nonsense? <laughs> But You're, before that, it was the Minnesota Wrecking Crew right. with Arn and Ole. And Gene. Gene was not good. Come on. Gene was like a silent partner. Well, by that time, he was 78 years old. I know. Gene was old. <laughs> 78. He's hunched over. His back's hurt. I mean, he's taking too many brain busters. Yeah. We're doing a... This is episode 355. We're doing a little midweek bonus episode. This is a, This is PFR? Well, yeah. We're going we're gonna to give it a, a number now. You oh, okay. realize if I'd have given them all numbers... 
We'd be five hundred. Well, no, we'd be around <clears throat> four fifteen probably. Oh, really? With all the uh, everything that we've done around the here. farm employment files, the fun farm employment, employment files, files, fleshy man pipe, fleshy dream pipe, dream pipe, um, Chuck Tales. God, Chuck Tales, man! The last Chuck Tales we did was really good too. Yeah, we. It's not like it. No, it's just schedules. It's just. Um, it's not. Uh, it's on hiatus. Yeah, I mean, I, it's. I know exactly where we're at. We're on. We're on part two of uh, the elf, uh, the Dark, Dark Elf trilogy. Elf, yeah. yeah, of Homeland of the first book. Mm. Speaking of that, I I bought uh, Tad Williams' new book came out yesterday. I bought a copy. Of course, it's going to be first edition, first printing. You know, um, called Brothers of the Wind, mm. and. Um, I couldn't wait, and I'm not going to read that copy anyway. That's going right on the shelf because I'm a Tad Williams. So go buy another. I'm a Tad Williams collector, so I bought it on Kindle. Oh, that's nice. So I fin- I'm 86 percent done. <laughs> I was. I mean, it's only, and it's 275 pages long. It's a novella. So and this um, is is this in uh, this is Austin Art. This is Dragonbone, the Dragonbone Chair. This mm. is part of uh, a Song of Ice. Not no, it's called Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn. And then the last, and then the second trilogy in that world is called The Last King of Austin Art. So, um, it's about the the villain from the first trilogy. His name's Anelikai, the Storm King, and he's him and he had his brother called um, Hakatri or Hak. You were going to say Hector, and I was like, is he a it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wears a hairnet. It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sills orange. His, his weapon is a bowling ball. <laughs> um, no, but he um, Anelikai. And Hakatri, and Hakatri is like the more steady. Like uh, everybody loves him because he's he's responsible, he's steady, he's even tempered. His parents love him. He's a, even among the Sithi who are immortal. It's a parent's dream, you know. And Alakai is very quicksilver. He gets mad very easily, but everybody also loves him. He's beautiful. Like all the women love him. And Hakatri is like a. It's like they wrote him after me. <laughs> Yeah, and then I'm after Hakatri for some reason, even tempered at all times. Yeah, <laughs> such bullshit. Um, you know, but what happens is there's a giant dragon. Um, he it's uh, Hito Hebe is his name, and he's this giant black dragon, and he's one of the called greater worms. Like they they came with him. Okay, here's here's the setup. I believe the Sithi are from another planet. Okay, and they have to be because they saw different stars in the sky. If you see different stars, you're from a different planet. I believe they came on spaceships to Osternard because they always talk about endless oceans and great ships, the eight great ships that brought them to, to Ostenard. Well, I mean, this is a race who has massively powerful magic, to- magical technology. Crossing an ocean would not be a problem for them. And, um, fold the ocean in half. Well, I mean, that's probably kind of what they did. They probably did a dune thing kind of, but I think they arrived in spaceships. Have you, have you- been on here since oh yeah we've discussed i was gonna say we talked about doing directly after you watched it yeah i mean it was shit it's fucking awesome i need to watch it again i haven't watched it again yet uh, fucking a plus i've been too consumed with watching every i know you've gone to myers content i I love it now dude i mean you're a halloween guy now halloween people like uh this the the movies like i watched halloween kills two more times since uh, I need to get on day. those, I really need to get on those. Now, how, I'm not going to say Halloween Kills is a good popcorn movie. Like the dialogue, a lot of the time is garbage, but that it kind of makes it like there's one scene. Uh, Tommy Doyle, who was played by Philip or not Anthony Michael Hall, 
okay. in this version, Anthony Michael. He's kind of a big guy. He's like, yeah, that's kind of weird. He's like that Fifty he, now, yeah. so, but he's Tommy Doyle, and like he, Michael Myers is back in town, and he gives like this big awesome speech, a big cheesy awesome speech, and he says, "Evil dies tonight." Oh God! They start chanting, "Evil dies." I'm like, it sucks, but it's also awesome. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it know? depends on how it's done. It was done cheesily. Yeah, like if it's like fucking Independence Day, I got to tune out. It was done very cheesily, and I love Bill Pullman. Well, but. this this is their Empire Strikes Back. This in this new trilogy, because the they're going to make a third one. Oh yeah, it okay. only ends next year. I'm pretty sure they're already making it. <laughs> it's going to be called Halloween Ends, and then in seven years, somebody can reboot it. Whatever, right? But I like the what I like what uh, the uh, that crew is doing with it. They need and somebody needs to do a swerve. They and killed, they, they killed Lenny Clark. Who Lenny Clark? You've seen him, Lenny Clark, the comedian. You'd know him if you saw him. Was he in uh, The Heat? Probably. He did was he, the dad. Put, I guarantee it. I guarantee he was the dad in The Heat. No, in The Heat, the dad was... Uh, the dad was... Uh, it was a, He's, a, he's a, a poor man, Eugene Levy. I can't remember. Uh, You'd know Lenny Clark. You've seen him. There's a stuff. picture. There's another picture pop oh, up. Oh, son of a cunt. <laughs> You know, I vaguely know him. I think yeah, he's a he's a comedian. He's, he's not lot, in the heat though. He's to be a lot fatter. He was in Here Comes the Boom, Fever Pitch, and a series of unfortunate events. He's but he's a funny Boston comedian. Yeah, and um, there's a lot of those. He, <laughs> I, I like um, they're likening this version of Michael Myers plays with his food. He treats the humans, and he did it in the first one, too. He treats his bodies like action figures, and he poses them and stuff. He thinks it's fun. You remember the scene, the very first one, where he stabs the guy and hangs him on the wall? Yeah. He stood, stepped back and just looked at it and was like, oh, I like what I just did here. And then he puts the sheet on and goes in the bedroom. He thinks it's fun. That's when he kills PJ Souls. Yeah. She had, was, she was hot. Her titties out. Yeah, she was hot. She might have been the first gal to die with her titties out in the... In, no, no, I forgot the whole 70s happened before this. And the 60s. 60s had plenty of schlock horror movies where it was just naked and death. Yeah, I forgot about all that. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, he plays with his food in this one, too. Like, he really puts it to poor Lenny fucking Clark. Okay. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I can't get excited for him, but I think they should do a swerve. I think that they should... Somebody should remake Season of the Witch. Somebody really needs to do that. I really think if they did if they did that next year and Halloween ends and they just ended on a fucking swerve with Season of the Witch, yeah. I would be like, fucking bravo, you bastard. Yeah, I know. I, I, I hope it. it pisses people off just as much as it did the first time. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Like, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> I, I can imagine being pissed off, but as, as long as Michael Myers wasn't advertised in it. I remember yeah. seeing it for the first time, and I remember being terrified of the cover of the movie. The cover art was great, where it has the kids with the red sky and like you know the wit. It was fucking wicked as shit. I want I want to get that on a T Public has a shirt with it on it, mm-hmm. like a VHS cover. You know, shit. I got a T Public shirt coming. I can't wait for. I can't wait to unveil it. They had a sale, so I had to oh, grab yeah. one. Yeah, there was a sale last week, and I mm-hmm. just didn't get anything. It's 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 a good one. I like it. Um, but no, I say in the book. Um, it's a thousand years before the events of the first book. So the Sithi are still, they've, they've just begun their, uh, like their decline. So 
a dragon pops up and then uh, an Alakai swears an oath that he, that he will kill it. And then his brother, and among them, an oath is something you just don't break. You can, and they tell him to. Like the king and queen are like, you have to break that oath because you can't kill it by yourself. And we need to do some stuff. And you galloping off like an idiot has made you look like a fool and all that stuff. And then he won't, he's just, his pride is just too great. So his brother chases him down. Then they go and at first they go to just do some reconnaissance. And, you know, they, they, they don't think that it is what, what the humans say, because the humans come and tell them and they don't think what the humans say it is because dragons to them, you know, they're very contemptuous of humans. They're like, you saw a minor dragon or some shit. You don't know what a big dragon looks like. You would have died of fear. And the humans are like, uh, no, we know what dragons look like. You're underestimating us. And it was one of those. So, and they did. And the, half the party gets eaten by this fucking dragon. Hmm. They see its tail going through the fucking, through the woods. And they're like, well, that's a mildly big dragon. You know, like bigger than I thought it was. And it was just its tail. Then it comes boiling out of fucking nowhere, breaking trees as it, as it comes. And it bites, just grabs somebody off a saddle and eats them, kills the fucking, and just bats one of the people. I mean, it's fucking terrifying. But the worst part was they're, they go to kill it. And, uh, it's a pretty ingenious way. They set up this thing with a giant spear and they put it down this water. And when they, they got the dragon to run at him. So as it, and, it, and the one brother, the whole plan goes to shit, but he pulls it up by himself and the dragon impales himself on it and it splashes him all over dragon blood. It's the most awful substance. Like it burns him so badly. And it, and the feeling of burning never, never quits. Hmm. It never abates. So he's burned. And then it also sends you on this, into different realities, like Simon from the first book, who became the king in the in the in the second series, got splashed just on the face with some, and it like scarred his hair and left him with a permanent scar on the on his face and all kinds of stuff. And then it just sent him like like spinning above the earth, and he could see, like Austin already could see the the whole globe, and he oh, saw Jesus. the all of creation. It's it's the story of uh, Sigmund or Siegfried, and the and that's what happened when he killed the dragon. Is there, one, he, is there another one that makes you uh, give you the story of Roy? <laughs> <sighs> mm. It's a gay, it's a tiger that gets him. Mm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in this one. It's really, I mean, it's a good book. I was, I was, I mean, there's some things though. I've come to the conclusion that I have to cast out my idols or I'll never finish anything because I'm always so in awe of what they do. But now I'm able to step back and say, well, he didn't do that exactly right. And he didn't do that exactly right and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, and that's okay. That doesn't make him any less. It makes me just a more honest critic. I have a lot of sacred cows that I don't want to criticize mm-hmm. and they're and they're right for and they're ripe for criticism i love george r. r martin but he does have room for criticism he's it's only within the last 10 years that i've been willing to say that pearl jam has some shitty songs well sure and and that's only to be expected for a 40 or you know 40 year career you know it's got to be approaching 40 right it's just went i think 30 now okay right at 30 but um well with martin his flaws are very few. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of one as a reader. He's overweight. <laughs> I'm talking about his writing. Oh. oh, I know something about his writing. Finish the fucking book. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's that's another thing. He never hits a deadline. Glacial pace. Oh God. Ted Williams and writes way bigger books and finishes them. I mean, not as big a trilogy or whatever, but I mean, seriously, to Green Angel Tower is two books this big. <laughs> I mean, the the hardback is 
the first edition was so it's like this nine inches wide. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's like seventeen hundred pages. Jesus. Yeah, and everybody bitched about. It. I'm like, I get to read more Ted Williams. Go fuck yourselves. Um, I got on this message board and told a bunch of people to fuck off on Reddit because I just look for that. Um, but I haven't reached the end yet. I think the end's going to be good, and I think it's going to set up what's going to happen in this because that's what he did. He released the first book. But at, right before he released it, he released a small novel called The Heart of What Was Lost. And it was the events that happened just after the last book of the first trilogy. And this was, you know, setting up everything else. So I'm I'm really he is one of my favorite writers and he has not gotten the the TV ap- adaptation yet. And it's un- and it's unreal that it hasn't happened. The only reason I can imagine is the sheer amount of money that it yeah. would cost to you cannot have humans playing Sithy. You just can't. Because their eyes are like cat-like, and they're much farther apart, very large and expressive. I mean, they're and their skin's golden, and they, you know, if you put something in make, it's just gonna look dumb. So they would have to do it CGI, and every and there's lots of them. So you know, there would be a lot of money too. There'd be a they somebody would gamble and win. Like if I was a head of a studio, I'd be like, this is gonna sell. Let's gamble, you know. So. We do need a hundred billion dollars to make. <laughs> well, I mean, it's always the story of uh, one of my favorite stories is uh, the Peter Peter Jackson had got the had never directed a mate. He directed the Frighteners was the only and it was a flop. It was a massive flop, and they gave him uh, New Line Studios. They gave him all their money. And gambled on him, wrote him a check, basically for this is the value of the entire studio. Please don't, please don't tank, and we're going to let you film all these at once and gamble big. And boy, did that shit pay off! Like they made that back in one week on one movie. I mean, probably. so it was they probably yeah, it was yeah. just it was unreal. So, um, oh what? Recently, he's just done. He's been doing documentaries, which I think is awesome. He's got a Beatles one coming out. Um, I think that his filmmaking. I think that he knows he's hit his pinnacle, and he's not going to do anything else. And uh, they shall not grow old was awesome. It was good. Hard um, to watch. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, you forget. I know the backstory of all that shit. I just didn't see that part. I I read numerous books about World War One, and it was, you know. Shit. You didn't even see some of the worst. Some of the worst is the footage of people who had shell shock when they came home. It was bad. Like, if you look that up on YouTube, it's extremely difficult to watch because they'll seizures and all kinds of stuff because they're just, their nerves are just completely shot. So, mm. well, living in a, in a literal hell for yeah. four and five years at a time, you know, and having just death is always. A companion you literally you could die to any second and you, how would you live with that i don't know you'd either go to one of two ways eh, or fucked up you know and there's the people who looked like they were eh, but then came home fucked up and then they would just snap and do shit like there's a character on uh piggy piggy blinders who had come home from the trenches of world war one and it fucked him up and they knew it you know he was one of the characters in the first season yeah Trying to think. It's when they staged his death, and he just so he could get away for a while and get out of stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> it's an awesome show, Peaky Blinders. I need to get down. There's so many things like reading this book is like the first new thing I've done quite a bit. I, I went through quite a little spell there for a while, and then I'm now out of it. And one of the things that's helped me out of it, and I'm going to go be good for a while. Is I got uh, I went to the doctor. 
uh, and got checked up. And uh, the only thing, my bad cholesterol was 12 points high, which is not high. Uh, they were just like, well, it's just a little bit high, so watch that. So I can't eat too much beef and bacon anymore. Um, but other than that, my even my thyroid, my thyroid is normal. Hmm. So they said, well, quit taking the thyroid medicine. And I had quit taking it six months before. So, <laughs> I mean, it made me sick. It was making me really sick. And uh, they checked out my... Uh, my back and stuff, and because I had a numbness in my jaw, he said, "That's not your back, nor your neck. That's," he said, "You've got a nerve right here that's has gotten messed up by your TMJ, probably, because it shifts so a lot." And I grit my teeth a lot, especially during sleeping. Mm-hmm. He said, "That's what's happened. You have grit your teeth so much that it is, it's affected that nerve." And it, you know, he says, it "Goes up here, and it goes down there," and he's like, "I think you're fine." Mm-hmm. And he and he's one of the biggest ones. He's like, uh, "You're going to have to find a another." Another recreation. Another recreation other than, you know, thinking you're going to die all the time. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, it's, it's good advice, Doc. <laughs> so I'm trying to, I'm back in the gym. And now that I know it's not my back, I've been squatting, been over rowing, did it today. Um, that was always my, one of my favorite things to do. I had a big back workout today. It was, I'm not as good at been over rowing as I was on the, on the barbell, but with dumbbells, I, I pick up a hundred and I could do, 20 reps. I mean, it's just not difficult. I'm so. thinking about starting again in the gym. Yeah. I'm not sure they have my own shit here. I'm, I don't like going places. But I can't afford my own shit here, and it's just 20 bucks a month there. Right. So I'm, I'm going to ponder on it. Yeah. I'm going to pray on it. Yeah. Uh, Good luck with that. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, new music. Oh, well, you My know. friend sent me that... Uh, that one song I sent to you. I don't remember. Oh, that hip hop? Yeah. I, and it got me back briefly into hip hop. Like, hip hop is still not my thing. But I went down a little rabbit hole where I started listening to all my favorite uh, older hip hop songs. Did you get into some Wu Tang? I was never a huge Wu Tang fan. Oh, I like them, of course. But I was more a tribe called Quest, De La Soul, um, Gangstar. Um, more along those lines. Here we go. Let me turn that up. I like it. It's fucking amazing. I'm going to be honest, I only listened to half the song, but I like what I heard. I mean, it's it's very Tribe Called Quest-esque. You know, it reminds me of electric, electric relaxation a lot. So. What is it doing? Listen. Slim Kid 3 Slim Kid 3 and DJ Newmark Never heard of them Apparently it's an older song, it's damn near 10 years old huh. I like how it fades Choruses it's got some of that I got on a message board and read it And people were like Well is there some soft punk I could listen to It was like no not really I mean there's folk punk But it's still fast You know somebody like The band you hate uh, Sincere engineer um, But I said Don't just I was like I feel like Like I did when I was younger That music is an identity Don't let it be that way So I um 
I advised old school hip hop. It's like soul and jazz laced old school hip hop is relaxing as shit. This song is just relaxing. You know, it's just something you put on and, you know. Kind of reminds me of the gorillas a little bit. Yes, it does. The gorillas have a lot of old school hip hop and, and funk and groove stuff to them. I love the gorillas. And the guy from the, the Blur is in it. Yeah. Mm. Blur. The Blur. Blur only had one song that ever. It's, but it's, they had a few songs. Well, I know they, they had were a few, gigantic overseas. Yeah. I mean, they were huge in England. As a matter of fact, there was a Oasis versus Blur, mm-hmm. you know, thing. Yeah. Oasis. I'd beat the shit out of those fucking guys. I love their music, but they were such cunts. I mean, just yeah. the, lead, the, the, the lead singer brother, especially, he's just a fucking asshole. I mean, yeah. he deserved to have the shit kicked out of him. I mean, I love a lot Liam, of Liam. Liam, I think. Liam. That was, Noel, yeah. was, Noel, the, Noel was, was an asshole, too. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that ugly fight they got in on uh, Unplugged. They were doing Unplugged. And yeah. Liam was in the stands heckling. Yeah. <laughs> they were playing. He's like, you come down up. and sing, then you cunt. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and he sang it good. Yeah, he sang it Liam good. should have been threatened. Like, yeah, no shit. They don't need you, buddy. Mm-hmm. They especially don't need you if you're going to do that shit. You know, so. Fuck yeah. Fucking Oasis. I don't know. I, uh, My two favorite songs by them, I think, are sung by Noel. So he had songs where he was the lead singer? Yeah. I didn't know that. Don't Look Back in Anger, and one of them's called Talk Tonight. It's an acoustic. Don't Look game. Back in Anger is a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I was a big Oasis. I was a pretty big Oasis fan. Um Fucking great tune, man. That's yeah, a great tune. Just the beginning of it gives you chills because you know what's coming. Just goes right into it, right off the bat. I love that. Um, are you sure that Noel sang that? Yes. Well, he's a better singer than Liam. He might not as be as have much as range, but he's definitely more yeah, more a more solid singer. And they sound the they, Liam was a little bit more nasally. Yeah. He sounds like Paul. Yeah, he sounds a lot more like Paul McCartney. Yeah. Liam might have a more of a... No. John was really gritty, wasn't he? His song was... Yeah, he could be a little bit nasally sometimes. I, but I liked his, like, twist and shout. But the thing the thing John did is he'd write <clears throat> songs or whenever they were covering a song, mm-hmm. they'd put it just a little bit out of his range. So I love he that. To, he had to break his voice up to sing it. I love that. That's one of my favorite things. Like I like, uh, like we were talking about uh, the lippies. She, you know, ha- even though there's not a lot of range in a punk song, you know, they would always put it slightly above hers, and she would get gravelly, you know. So yeah, this is an- another one of my favorite. This one's by Liam. No wrote all the songs though. I'm yeah, pretty sure. Oh, he was the creative force behind the band. Fucking definitely. No, this is off of definitely. Maybe it's called Supersonic. It's actually a dope fucking song. I remember this song. They have kind of faded with history. They didn't. They didn't keep putting out stuff. They've kept putting out stuff. Have they? I thought that. Yeah, I remember the song. Yeah, I remember. Very bluesy. But I think they. I think they did like uh, each one of them would put out their own stuff. And like I not think, as a group? Yeah, then I think in the last 10 years, I think there has been an Oasis album. I'll have to look into that. I've always loved this fucking song. Live Forever is a great one. Let me see. 
I used to love all the Beatles shout outs. And now I think it's kind of corny. <laughs> but, well, yeah, but you, did you know that they got into a minor feud with Paul McCartney? Yeah, probably. And with Mick Jagger. Like, I wouldn't doubt it. And they love the Rolling Stones, too. It's like, they're like, I don't know. They knew controversy sold records, I guess. And plus, they were just two insufferable cunts from Liverpool. So, what a great change in the chorus. That is a great song. See, it's one of my fucking things I hate most about. One of the things I hate most about myself is that I think had, had I been able to apply myself to music, I think I would have been a good musician. Yeah, because would. I was around musicians all the time. Your both your brothers are freaking great, stupid. Yeah, they're retarded. How good they are. <laughs> ben was more dogged determination. He he did have talent. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm gonna, uh, ben, I only saw play a few times. He's a great bassist. When he was, man. A, he played bass with Loser. Yeah, and then they would have three guitar players. <laughs> Will and a lot of big sound in that band. Will and Bradley, like the two best guitar players I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and then Matt was also playing guitar. Yeah. Oh Jesus fucking Christ! And uh, but Ben was Bradley was more with him as all math. So you know, but don't get me wrong, he wasn't one of those people that just picked it up and and didn't have to practice. Bradley practiced like mad because we're all obsessive. So yeah, 2019 Oasis. Shit. Wait a minute. No, I think that's not them. Is it a covers thing or? Uh, yeah, it's just a song. No, okay. Mango Aces or an album named Aces. But Perfect. Ben, Ben, while he might have lacked Bradley's insane creative spark that we all know he had, Ben's dogged determination and and his just just fucking he practiced all the time. You know how many times I had to walk? I had to deal with a metronome ticking and him doing his scales and stuff. I'm like, dude, I think you got it. I think you got those scales And he would always be playing And Bradley Okay I was wrong 2008 they had an album But they did put out a live album In 2021 Yeah So they got back together enough for that Yeah I do believe they have Solo stuff Which I've never listened to I feel like I should have listened to Their their, uh, solo stuff But what are you gonna do (laughs) I'd be interested to hear Songs that Liam wrote They're probably shit They're probably fucking pandering Rocks rock, You know Pretentious rock god bullshit I mean I, I guarantee Noel wrote it he, I mean of course he wrote a solid tune We have fucking evidence Yeah of that. <laughs> so. can do that. Right, I'm gonna play the, the most played Liam Gallagher song Okay It's probably good But I don't know I don't, I don't like it already Harmonica doesn't do a lot for me. I like the harmonica. It fits with a lot of my songs, though. Really? Yeah. I was doing the singer-songwriter thing for the Neil Young thing. Uh, I don't hate it. But it's definitely not Oasis. No. Well, it doesn't have the exact same beat. Every song, yeah, especially on What's the Story Morning Glory, yeah. had the same beat. I don't like it. No. I don't like it. I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to write a sternly worded letter. letter. Oh, you're going to hear, hear from me, you son of a bitch, for what it's worth. Tell me this is a cover of the Buffalo Springfield song. It's not. Okay. 
<laughs> it kind of sounds like a country song, though. Well, new country, uh, that market got opened up. I mean, you had... I think I created a new Sturgill Simpson fan the other day. Good. Uh, I was at the gym, and it's an older guy. Um, his brother was my football coach, and uh, he was playing Hank Williams Jr., and he's such a nice guy. He asked me, or I told him, without meaning to be any way, I was just like, I've never been the biggest fan of Hank Williams Jr., and I'm not. I really don't like him. And um, and he changed the station. I was like, because I was having a discussion, I was just like, I'm a more Sturgill Simpson fan, if you ever heard of him. And he's like, well, let's check it out. And he's like, he'd never heard him before. And when we started listening, he's like, I like this. I was like, yeah, I told you. Did man. he say he kind of reminds me of Waylon Jennings? I think I led him in that direction. Well, I mean, and George Jones. And George, gonna, yeah, you and get George there Jones. Because the stories in the songs. Right. Um, dude, George Jones does not get as much respect as he, he should. I mean, yeah. I mean the fact that he had that silly hair and all that shit, like like <laughs> like Conway Twitty. You know what I mean? It's just Conway Twitty was great, but his hair is fucking so stupid. <laughs> you know what's weird? The number one George Jones song on here is "I Don't Need Your Rocking Chair." Oh fuck, that's a it's terrible gotta fucking be song. Stop loving her today. That was one of those old seventy songs where you allowed to talk in the middle of it. I love you till I. Die. That's a good song, but that I. <sighs> They played a song his by the other day, and I'm trying to remember what it was, and I told myself to remember it. The race is on. <sighs> Fuck, I can't remember. It's going to kill me, too. George Jones never lost those uh, mutton chops. No, God, oh, no. God love him. <laughs> what a great he started peeping on the smoky glasses at one yeah. <laughs> Buck Owens, that's a son of a bitch right there. This fucking song. See, that's so, you can hear, that's rockabilly, like social distortion sped up. I mean, that, social distortion is that sped up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Doom, 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 doom. You know, yeah. and it's like, and I love it. So that's why I was trying to describe to him. I was just like, I was like, punk and rockabilly have that intersection where, you know, they love it. And I was like, and it directly, and it owes its existence to that. And a lot of people, and people who shit on country music who are punk fans, like you don't fucking understand it. No, you don't, because so, it, it all goes well. This it all comes from the blues. Yes. So you got the blues, bluegrass, and then it, in like the forties, I think, is when country and western. Yeah. Thirty twenties, thirties, or forties, country and western. Must be the blues brothers. Uh, what kind of music you play oh, here? We play, at both we play both kinds: country and western. <laughs> <laughs> she had big ass hair. No, I love. And I think everybody probably loves him is uh, Dwight Yoakam. Uh, yes, I like Dwight Yoakam because I like him as an individual, too. He's a dope-ass dude. Yeah. He's a good actor. Great God actor. damn, he's a good actor. Fucking hate it. This song. Just a great fucking song. What is this? A thousand Miles from Nowhere. Yeah. I think Alan Jackson Alan Jackson's is good. great. Yeah. George Strait. Are you kidding me? Yeah, all those all those, all those guys who were who were good country. They didn't. Florida Georgia Line needs to be shot. Just go. Somebody go ahead and do that. You know. Are you putting out a call? <laughs> There's a call to action. The Secret Service. I don't do. know that this falls under <laughs> <laughs> under freedom of speech. Secret Service will show up. Um, you know that we protect President Biden and Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought it was well, just him. Take me away because I'm not taking it back. Um, <laughs> no, I did not. 
they're garbage. Like, and and Luke Bryan is fucking terrible. Um, I'm lucky enough to only Dirks Bentley. He's fucking shit. I'm lucky enough to have only heard tiny amounts of each of these people. They're garbage, dude. It's it's unlistenable bullshit. I mean, I can't stand people. In life, and and we all know these people, and it's most people we know because it's mm-hmm. most people most people know. They just skirt the the surface of anything in life. They never dip down and, and try to find out where that thing comes from, or try to find out something that's like that thing that has a little bit more substance. You know, it's just I love that song. I love this. I love on the radio. Go fuck yourself. Right. If, I mean, this the guy is, asked me today um, who my favorite comedian was at work, and that's a tough one. Well, here's what he did. He's like, uh, well, I didn't know. He asked me who I liked better, and this is his frame of reference. Oh, God, this is terrible. Who I thought is funnier, Kevin Hart or Cat Williams. I was like, it's Cat Williams by a million miles. By a fucking long stretch. I've, I said, I've never watched. A, I like Kevin Hart as a dude, and he's a, he's a funny actor and stuff, but. His stand-up is shit. I've never watched enough of it to get an opinion, but I know for a fact Cat Williams is a wild motherfucker. Everything and, he does is funny. I know. God, he's fucking funny. <laughs> and his delivery's funny. Kevin Hart is a bunch of screaming and flailing about and saying something mildly witty. I mean, he's he's definitely, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I try not to shit on anybody that, you know, does their thing and all that stuff. But some people are just crying out to be shit on, like, you know, fucking garbage-ass hip-hop, garbage-ass country, garbage-ass stand-up. You know, it's just, it appeals to the lowest common denominator. There's no edge to it. There's no, you know, nothing lurking under the surface, no kind of social commentary or existential going on. It's just shit, and I can't fucking do it. I can do that with movies. Yeah, movies are different. Yeah, that's like, you know, you watch something like Transformers or something like that. I know what I'm getting. Yeah. You know, I want explosions and I want yeah. robots. I want Michael Bay. Just yeah. give me Michael Bay, and it's gonna be. You know, I but, don't care about a story. But I separate. Yes, but I separate those things, and they're able to be separated. I cannot really do that with either stand-up comedy or music. I can't do that. I, can, I think that's a that, that's a real phenomenon right there. It's just you know, I can't really do it with music. Um, stand-up comedy. Sometimes I do. I don't need anything under the surface. Like David Tell's not giving you much of a message, but he's just no. So but fucking he is funny. D- but that's. I'm sorry. He's more of the Lenny Bruce comedians comedian type. Yeah, that's his life. He is a comedian. You know what I mean? I, I'm talking about every single night he does two or three shows. Exactly. Fifteen minutes. That's the guy. And yeah. Kevin Hart, I'm sure work has worked hard. I know he has. Oh, guaranteed. I mean, and you know, I, and I respect the fact that he has has kept at it and he's made a place for himself. All those things. I can respect what you do without liking what you do. Mm-hmm. It's like the Paul brothers. I despise them, but I appreciate respect their the hustle. I respect their work ethic and all that stuff. I really do. I mean, and I can make that distinction. Like, I would love to see Tyson knock Logan Paul's head off. I'd rather see him knock Jake Paul's head off. I think I've heard some talks with Logan Paul, and he seems like a nice kid. Jake Paul's but an Jake asshole. Jake Paul does not seem like a nice kid. No. <laughs> he, he seems like some, eventually he's going to uh, piss off the do one person. of these fights, and it's not going to go well for right. him. But I'm sure there's going to be a gentleman's agreement with Mike Tyson and Logan Paul. Don't kill him. Body shots. <laughs> if Tyson, if if... People, I don't understand people that don't understand boxing. They don't understand. They seem to have some kind of demented reality where they think Logan Paul would have a chance against a 55-year-old Tyson. No. He doesn't. No. He doesn't. No. Mike Tyson, Tyson could kill. On his back. Exactly. Mike Tyson could step in an MMA uh, ring right here, and if it was just boxing, would kill half the fighters. 
Probably, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's just yeah. that good of a he was that good of a boxer. He gets his his exploits outside of boxing and some of the weak competition he went through. Well, ran through, sprinted through, took a bullet train through. When he fucking, through. <laughs> I mean, just stepping over bodies as he's fucking you know just knocking his way to the top of boxing. He doesn't get respect for how good of a fighter he was and how crisp his punches were and how that style people don't understand the peekaboo style you know mm-hmm. that's custom auto you know taught him how to fight that way and they're always you know lennox lewis with the sweet signs is just like it's no less sweet when tyson does what he does it just looks different and they think well it's less skill it isn't so tyson was not a less skilled fighter than lennox lewis no. he wasn't you well, know that was also after custom auto died he lost all will to do anything after custom auto. right i mean he was just a very troubled young man and custom it seems auto like was it's a, taken him 30 years to get it back absolutely because he's come back in the public eye and now everybody's like loving mike tyson again yeah even though he's been convicted of rape and here's the thing i believe that he's innocent because nobody, he said this one time in an interview. He said, "No, I didn't rape her, but I wish I did." Damn, that's quite a statement. Because at least if he did, he would have went to prison for something, <laughs> right? That would have been you know? uh, it's easier to handle. Maybe I mean I don't know. Um, I I don't know. It's like uh, the Paul brothers. Um, that that was definitely a, a thing where it's a hustle, and they've they've got gained a lot of put a lot of interest in boxing boxing again you know they have and that's good i like that i'm a more of a boxing fan than mma mma fan i was i missed that right on that cut with mma i remember the first time it came out i remember when basically they used to fight ultimate fighting was a human cockfight i remember that and i remember the fights where and i would i have to admit i i at one point believed in the mystical quality of martial arts about all these crazy things they could do and thought a guy who trained trained point. in nujitsu in ninjutsu would beat a guy because it's ninjutsu mm-hmm. and then and then a good wrestler or and and striker would come in and just fucking destroy these fucking guys these nerds who learned a non-existent martial art that didn't do anything they really exposed it right at the first one oh man dude it was ugly it It was fucking (laughs) ugly like you'd see him in there like well that guy doesn't look athletic but he's got that mystical thing behind him he's gonna have pressure points on him no no jack he just fucking got killed Um, the little guy beats the guy that's 80 100 pounds heavier yeah i mean with his legs but uh the paul brothers you know um it just, I, I, I don't like. It, it's part of that whole obnoxious celebrity thing that I really am not a fan of. But you know, the Kardashians, bad baby. All, I just don't. I just don't like it. Um, I think that it's uh, detrimental to society. I think that it, you know, it really lowers the bar so badly that it just, it's, you know, that, <laughs> that fucking episode of South Park. We got to raise the bar. <laughs> fucking remember that. James Cameron had to go down to the bottom of the ocean to raise the yeah. bar. Um, <laughs> They're coming out. There's a new South Park movie coming out on Thanksgiving. That's the deal they signed with uh, Paramount Plus. Oh shit! Fourteen movies, and then all these. They've only made one. They're going to make fourteen. They signed a giant deal with Paramount Plus. Oh my god! <laughs> fourteen fucking movies. That's a lot of South Park movies. My, not it, that I won't watch them. Now it might not be all South Park movies. It might just be whatever you oh, the fuck I, want. Okay, to do. I forgot. Yeah, because they, dude, Team America is fucking awesome. I I'd mean, love to see. I'd love to see uh, the Book of Mormon. 
that made into a movie. I've heard the soundtrack. It sounds hilarious. I love the fact they shit on Mormonism so and, bad. Well, what I love about it is, uh, and the Mormons will be there in the lobby of their um, of their play, handing out tracks to everybody. Like, hey guys, hope you enjoyed the show. Mormons are the nicest people, other than they were avowed racists for you know, for a long time, but very pleasant racists. <laughs> it's an odd thing to say. It's an odd thing to say. If you could just do us a favor and get the fuck out of our neighborhood, please, that'd be great. Appreciate it. It's like muffins. It's like the gay KK. Yeah, KKK yeah, yeah, on yeah. fucking Chappelle show. The pink robe on. It's hot as Dickens. <laughs> we were hoping you kind of move out of the area. Yeah. <laughs> that was God. That was shit. That was so fucking funny. Um, gay KK. My God. Oh, here's another band. Uh, the Mavericks. Remember them? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that uh, Jimmy Ray Vaughn? He might have been in the band. This is good early to mid-90s. It's country, but it's also a dozen other things at yeah. the same time. I think this is, yeah, this is the song. I love it. I love the chorus of it. I kind of want to get to that. Hopefully it's one of those ones that doesn't take too long to get to the chorus. Yeah, sometimes it's... Here it is. Never mind. No, that's that uh, that verse right before the chorus. Yeah, I think there's. I think it's just one more line until we get to the chorus. Look at that 90s album cover. That is a 90s-ass album cover. Here's the chorus. Oh fuck yeah, dude! This is a great fucking song. Is that a, that's a Roy Orbison, a Roy Orbison it's, song, isn't it? I don't know that it's a Roy Orbison. It sounds song, like a Roy but Orbison it sounds song. like yeah, a Roy Orbison. Like his voice is very Roy Orbison esque. Well, it's a very Orbison esque structured song. Yeah. I mean, that see again that intersection of you know punk and rockabilly and you know social distortion and sponge and sponge was a really good rockabilly. Was group. Roy Orbison blonde or did he just look blonde? He was blonde. Okay. I'm pretty sure he was blonde. I don't know. That's the thing. I think he just wore dark glasses. It's possible. It's fun to, to think he was blonde, though. <laughs> How do you know she's pretty, you liar? <laughs> Jeff Healy. Dude. <sighs> but he's, What could I do? He was fucking amazing, dude. Oh, yeah. He's still alive, I think. I'm going to look up what, what a crying shame and see if there, there's a Roy Orbison version. It's all for, the Mavericks. I'm looking for a to prove our point. For some of these people, I'm going to look for a good social distortion song. I'm got. I'm going to look up if Roy Orbison is blind. <laughs> Jesus. Um. There's so Roy many. Orbison blind. No, Roy Orbison wasn't blind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've wondered that my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dipshit. <laughs> I love that one. Dipshit. Mm. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking for a particular song that I, that I think is uh, representative of what I was saying. Um, God, they got so much music. Storm of life, ring of fire, ball and chain, reach for the sky. I was wrong. I was wrong is more of a it's a very it's a hard ed song. It didn't have the rockabilly story of my life would probably be the best. Uh, how late how early you want to go? You got an album from 82. 
Jesus. Yeah. I'll just play ball and change. I mean, uh, story of my life. You know, it's it's the it's the song they're most famous for. This sounds like it could be at the beginning of any teenage '90s movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like a nice little coming of age movie. The kids walking home from school. The bullies shove him into the bushes. Maybe a one that would be a good movie and not some garbage shit they were playing. You know, because this is a good song. No, it's a great song. And it's it, but ironically. It's a good song, but it's not a great social distortion song. Like social distortion has so many better songs than this, and this is the song they're probably most known for. This or um, "Ball and Chain," which is a great fucking song, um, or their cover of "Ring and Fi- Ring of Fire," which is a great cover of "Ring and Fire." Oh yeah. So, um, oh, they're massive adepts of uh, of Johnny Cash. Oh, so yeah. everybody is. Yeah, I mean, but they're whether you know it or not, they particularly go it's, it's, for it. It's you like know. people that tell me that they don't like the Beatles and their musicians. I'm like. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you don't know it. Well, their musicianship is suspect if they've said that. Yeah. Because <laughs> they haven't done the research. If, they, if, if they're any good and they tell me that I'm not a big fan of the you are. You just don't know. <laughs> right. You any, just don't any, know. any pop gun, any, you know, bubblegum tune you've tried to write is a Beatles song. Oh, yeah. They did it and they did it first and they did it best. Right. I can't think of, honestly, you know, I said it took me a long time to. To admit that Pearl Jam had some bad songs, yeah, there really aren't any bad Beatles songs. Even if you go all the way to the beginning, early shit. There's yeah, there's songs of diff, of uh, you know, if you, I mean, you had Paul. You have a different opinion of their song because it's yeah. like it's a bubblegum pop song. But hey, there's nothing wrong with a good bubblegum pop song. No, I so, love bubblegum pop songs. Right. It took me a long time to fucking admit that shit too. Yeah. Like, well, it it took me. You know how long it took me to admit that I liked hip hop? Probably too a long. Thirty seven fu- years. Old. <laughs> no, till I was my early late teens early 20s so i mean i was a metal guy and back then especially the, the music was so stratified you know if you were a metalhead you had you had to hate had to hate hip-hop and we all followed that that recipe you know it's like well we can't like that we're this that's bullshit like what you like mm-hmm. i mean and um and also they'll take from each other too well they do i mean thrash Thrash is so much. I mean, it took all the atonal. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. It's a big part of my of my youth and all that stuff. But I really don't like it anymore. And um, it's it took all the atonal things of punk and took all the melody out, and then it just made it all hard edge and stuff. And don't get me wrong, there's you know thrash songs I love. War Ensemble by Slayer is a great. great. I mean, it's a it's a great song for what thrash is. Mm-hmm. Sepultura um, territory is a great fucking song. Um, but to me, Megadeth had so many great songs, but Megadeth stepped outside of that formula quite often. They, Megadeth had a couple straight punk songs. Um, and Metallica never really stepped outside of it. All their, well, they, they would go more symphonic style. They never had a punk song, but they had a, you know, what would you would define as a neoclassical song like Orion or one has moments where it's just, you know, really just melt beautiful. They're they're doing a black album covers album this year. Um, Like other bands are doing it. Yeah. And everybody's doing their own spin on it and they're actually doing a good job. No, I haven't. I haven't heard any of it. Oh, the Metallica Black Album cover. 
Well, you might like this. Who is this? Weezer. Oh, man. This is going to be something. I know. <laughs> I'm really curious to see how this one's going to turn out. I'm trying to imagine what it's going to sound like before I hear it. It's got like a bunch of people, like a bunch of people doing the same song. Like Phoebe Bridgers does Nothing Else Matters. Chris Stapleton, Country Guy does Nothing Else Matters. That would be a good one. Jason Isbell's doing um, one of them on here. I can't find him now. Because Rivers Cuomo, his voice is just not anything like James Hetfield. Just it. That's what I don't like about Weezer's covers is they don't make them Weezery. This should be Weezery right it now. It should. Like, but I don't think that they're. I like it. I, I like mean, it too. But I mean, Inner Sandman is a song that I can listen to because it's got a nice, it's got that nice groove going into it, and it, you know. I wish I liked Metallica still, but I, just, I can't do thrashing. Miley Cyrus, Watt, Elton John, and Yo-Yo Ma doing Nothing Else Matters. Okay, it it, it, it lists, it sounds like I think it would sound. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's a Isbell Sad But True. He does it Isbelly. That's see I like when people do that. It's taking him a minute to get into it. Yeah. Makes it almost a uh, Delta Blues song. Like a Muddy Waters or a, you know, a John Lee Hooker song. Yeah. It's pretty cool, I think. He did the same thing uh, with um, Born in the USA. He did a very stripped down, This I wouldn't call it a stripped down, but very stripped down minor key version yeah. of, uh, of uh, Born in the USA. Wasn't there a thing where it was Metallica in major keys or... Yeah, they've done that with a lot. Or, no, it was, it was uh, Nirvana. Yeah. They, and it was just a completely... It was awesome, but it, it sounded was different, but yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I remember it smells like Teen Spirit liking that one a lot in major keys. Hmm. I'm trying to look and see if... Let's hear Phoebe Bridgers as Nothing Else Matters. I really like that. It's dope. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I need to get into her. I think I'd like her a lot. She she reminds me of Cat Denning and um Cat Denning or Cat Power. Cat Denning. Oh, the actress? No, I'm sorry, Cat Power. Yeah. But there's a, there's two cats. There's Cat Power and then there's There's another I can't remember her name. If you like sullen music, there's not I a lot. Of, I like that a lot. There's not a lot of joy. She's got a awesome voice, but there's not like a lot of happy jump, jump, yay, yay, yay in in her music. I'm trying to think of the one she did redid a Cat Stevens song. She redid a How Can I Tell You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liz yeah. Durrett is what I'm thinking yeah. of. That's the most haunting song I've ever heard. And I, after a breakup, and I was all messed up. I've listened to that. I was a fucking mess, but it helped like blow the pipes clear. You know. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hmm. What else? There's Jay Z's black album. Jay Z did a Metallica song. No, it's just it's his. I was gonna really say that album that two thousand three. Somebody, uh, forget which DJ it was, took uh, Jay Z's black album and the Beatles white album and put them together and made the gray album. So it was Jay Z rapping over Beatles riffs and stuff. Gotcha. Pretty cool. Or if that's on here, that'd be kind of cool to hear. Um, I'm looking for Danger Mouse. That's who it was. Oh, none of it's on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for that social distortion. The song I wanted to play was um, "Don't Take Me for Granted." I wish I could just—I could do Alexa, but it's so crappy. There we go. Thank you. This is a great fucking tune. And this is along those lines. Very 50s, you know. 50s rock has a real place in punk. You have oh, groups. God, yeah. I mean, Billy, you, Buddy Holly invented the freaking. Right. And then you have bands like uh, the Riverdales and uh, the Teen Idols. Um, the Teen Idols I love. I mean, they, they got. You know, it's just a stripped down. Straightforward rock song, you know, and this is not that stripped down, but it's a great fucking tune. It, there's uh, there's no fat on it. It's uh, it's all ribeye. Exactly. White Ness has just the best fucking voice. This could also be a good Springsteen song. Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's the true test of a social distortion song. I think it's a true test of any song. You can make a, write a song that uh, would sound cool if Bruce Springsteen sang it. You did a pretty good job. The boss. It's no coincidence that bands like the Dropkick Murphys, Murphys open up for Bruce Springsteen. I mean, that's going to happen, you know, because their audiences intersect big time, you know. Hmm. His backup band has changed quite a bit, I think, over the years. Though I don't, I think he might be. He 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 strikes me something that would be notoriously difficult to work with. Talking about Bruce or Mike Ness? Mike Ness. Oh, <laughs> Mike Ness. I was going to say Bruce. Is, there's been some revolving doors, but everybody always comes back. Right. I'm I, I'm sure he's great to work with. You know, making lots of money. Sure, and I'm sure he's just one of those guys that, you know, it's going to be demanding, but it's going to be a good experience. You know. You know, Mike Ness, straight to the guy, he's he's rock star. He's living the rock star lifestyle, and he's lived it to the hilt. And looking at him, you can fucking tell. So, <laughs> I'm sure that that creates some moments where you're just going to want to fucking strangle him. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, guarantee it. I'm just like, dude, can we can we stop with the whiskey and the coke? Can we stop with the whiskey and the coke? Can we stop with the fucking whiskey? <laughs> Jesus Christ, what are we doing again? It's it's one in the afternoon. Can we stop with the blood soaked uh, fucking wife beaters, Mike? Hmm. What else? What else? This has turned into a real uh, good episode of uh, the Fun Employment Files. Yeah, what we do. What's your um? Yeah, the, uh, watching all the Halloween movies, you can really tell his influence on the people that do the uh, Stranger Things music. Yeah, absolutely. John Carpenter's music is. 
I think his best sound. I think his best Halloween soundtrack. I know this. You know, no, three is probably exactly probably right. Yeah, I mean, because he was just doing the music. He, exactly, he was a producer and he only did the music. He had to take, and it is a variation on a theme. So you know, it is a. It's still Halloween Halloween music, but it's so its own thing at the same time. John Carpenter doesn't get enough. He did the music for um, Big Trouble in Little China. Well, so he directed Big. Yeah, Trouble. I mean that's just, and that movie is such. That might be his crowning achievement. I mean. They Live is great. Um, I love that. I fucking love that. This is the opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doop, 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 doop. It's a, uh, a play on the original. God, I'm going to That's go. the shirt you're talking about right there. Yes. Except for it has like a VHS. Yeah. I've got the Silver Shamrock one. That I've, I've, that I've that synced I, it. I love that shirt. Um, synced it. T Public, well, man, they get you a really quality shirt most of the time. Yeah, um, most of the time you do pretty well. And they, the only thing I'm upset about, I, I, I some of my favorite comic book artists, um, I was able to get uh, comic book shirts with their work on it. Like um, the Alpha Flight shirt I have is John Byrne. I mean, it's a, it's classic Alpha Flight. Well, no, it's the Wolverine Alpha Flight lineup, which was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. Because he was an X-Men member, but he's also Canadian. So every now and then they do an Alpha Flight, Wolverine would, he'd cross over and be an Alpha Flight. I fucking love that. It's pretty I, neat. Yeah, it's, um, uh, and then the uh, Excalibur one is, uh, is Paul Neary. Paul Neary was the, one of the most underappreciated fucking comic book artists of all time. Like his 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 art style was so clean. Like it, I'm talking about, you have the different styles, and his was clean. As in, he has a lot of blank space in his work, but he's able to put use so much with it that it, it just looks, you know, so amazing. Um, then you have somebody like uh, Art Adams, and I did get an art the, the New Mutant shirt I have, where it's got with the guys like this at the top of it. You know, that's Warlock. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an Art Adams, and I wanted an Art Adams X Men shirt. The old lineup it had Rogue, Cyclops, Wolverine, Colossus, um, Psylocke. You know, and they're all standing there. Wolverine's coming at you like this, his hands up, and he's like smoking a cigar. One of the most, I mean, I'm gonna I'll, I'll look that up for you. It was on a shirt. And I was so fucking pumped to get it. And I was like, oh, I can't afford it right now. I'll come back to it. And then it got taken off. Mm. And it fucking pissed me off. That is where uh, intellectual property goes to die. Well, I understand. And, you know, I, like all the Calvin and Hobbes shirts, you know, Bill Watterson, I love you, buddy. I love you so much that I'm willing to violate copyright law to get your stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> let us have it. <laughs> Just let us have it. You could donate the proceeds to charity or whatever dude you know yes i wonder who gets his after he dies who gets his uh the rights and what they'll do with it um i don't know man that's a that's a tough call um i wonder if they'll fulfill his wishes what are his wishes just to stay um, just to not have his stuff um commercialized I'm looking for the very well. This is I've seen this one on a shirt. See, classic X Men. I have that comic somewhere. That's Art Adams' work right there. That's pretty neat. And his is a lot of uh, intricate detail. Um, you know, you can see angels' wings. You can see all the different individual feathers. It's really beautiful. And I'll tell you what I mean by clean. Um, oh, 
Leary Excalibur. This is Neary's work. Still detail, but you can see all the the space. He uses space so well. Like, mm-hmm. see, there's no detail on Phoenix's legs. There's very little detail on Megan at all. You know, Captain Britain has all the huge muscles, so he needs a little bit more. And Nightcrawler is just black and red, and it's just there's no detail to it. Of course, it's inked that way, and that's but it suits his art style. So. I tried to take for all those and draw, you know, um, this is John Byrne. John Byrne's style is very similar to Art Adams, only it's more classic comic book. Um, I love the, I always love the way he did Nightcrawler. He always had the best Colossus, too. Like, and he did the best costumes. That's right there is the uh, Superman clone, one of the Superman clones from Marvel. It's Gladiator. Um, I, I just, the fact that I couldn't get that fucking X-Men shirt. Um, but there's all kinds of John Bird Alpha Flight on there. So I'm going to get an Alpha Flight sweatshirt is what I'm going to do. I mean, it's there's one where all of them are in motion. Like, they're one of the members of Sasquatch. He's huge. He's like the tank, and he's like going like this. And then, uh, you know, you've got – they had a speedster named North Star, and he's running. And then, you know, one of the uh, members is a Native American, Shaman, which was, you know, kind of a by-rote, uh, very stereotypical uh, Native American. But – Native Americans are notoriously underrepresented in comics. Like that being said, one of the original, when they redid the X-Men and did giant size X-Men number one, they had a character named Thunderbird who had all these superhuman abilities is awesome. He dies like issue three. It's like, it's like, dude, you killed the guy off. I mean, and he had a cool death though. Like there was this jet going and he jumped on the jet and ripped the fucking wing off and all kinds of shit. It was crazy. And then he died when the jet crashed. But, um, the new Captain America is Native American, but he didn't give him, give him any powers. Like, why the fuck would you do that? Give him powers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sam Wilson. To me, I like it everything, but Captain nice America, America, the Captain America needs powers. Yeah. Um, he needs superhuman strength. My storyline idea for Black for uh, for uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was much better. I, f- I felt where he took the Black Panther. Uh, serum and it made him gave him superhuman abilities and a son of Africa that would have been fucking cool um, I really overthought that though I thought that you know I saw that one coming and I didn't because it seemed with the people from Black Panther in it and then him getting something secret and then they wanted to talk to him and stuff like that it seemed like that was going to be it like I need something to level playing field there's all these super soldiers how can I fight him you know and then the Black Panther people like, you know, you're from there. We need to help you. So, and then when he opened the case, I thought that serum was going to be there and it showed him drinking it. Or the scene I would have written is um, one of the super soldiers throws a punch and he catches it. And it would have been like, you know, they try to fight through and he's just holding them. Like, how are you doing that? And then it flashes back and he's drinking the, the Black Panther serum. That would have been fucking awesome. That would have been pretty cool. <laughs> that would have been pretty neat. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we're in this charade. Charade. Any particular song you'd like to go out on? Uh, actually, yeah. I had a, uh, a Reviver song, a really cool Reviver song. Reviver. It's definitely a punk song. They're, uh, they're one of the, the uh, ones that they'll, the, almost every... Um, when I get the the new 
like Discovery Mix. They throw almost a Reviver song in there every time, and I like almost every one of them. So this is it. Getting ready. There we go. All right. Thanks for listening. Go fuck yourself. We're sitting and grasping and